Cold hearts weren't birthed out of cold winds and cold air. They weren't left outside for too long, for cold hearts didn't start that way. They once were warm, beating vibrantly, loving unconditionally, living freely. They were warm, giving, talking, breathing, pumping, loving hearts. Cold hearts weren't birthed out of cold winds and cold air, for they were wounded, they were scarred, they were abandoned, and they were hurt. For rage is the home of a heart that has been shattered, and a heart that has been shattered can sometimes see everything else in its way as shattered too. So then they see a shattered future, they see shattered relationships, they see a shattered life. These cold hearts weren't birthed out of a cold wind or from cold air, they've been through hell and back, pushing away what they needed the most, love. Welcome to Rethinking Manhood. Today's episode is a reflection on accountability and healing. Due to the nature of this topic, I will be discussing some subjects that are sensitive and triggering. These topics include sexual assault, domestic violence, control and power, and other forms of violence and abuse. Please prioritize yourself and your mental health throughout this episode. Feel free to pause at any time and know that it is perfectly okay to skip this episode as well. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and reflection. I took a walk in a thunderstorm. I know, kind of strange. It was somewhat warm outside and barely raining, mere sprinkles every now and then. There was lightning and thunder, of course, but I wasn't concerned. Eventually, it started to pour. As the rain got more intense, a deep sadness came over me, and I began to lament. It wasn't for anything happening in my life. It was for the world. I just began to think of all of those that have survived harm from another person. Whether it be physical violence, sexual or emotionally, my heart was just heavy. I then begin to lament for those who have caused this harm. I begin to think about it and ask the question to myself. How do people get to the point of doing such horrible things? Was it genetics? Was it nature versus nurture? How did their hearts become so cold? Was it natural ultimately? I told myself that somewhere down the line they were wounded, abandoned, and forsaken when they needed love the most. And no, this does not minimize the harm they've caused. This does not mean that they shouldn't be held accountable. But in my time of lament, I began to feel angry. Angry for a world that doesn't know peace. Angry for a world that doesn't know love and recognizing the need for us to humanize the people we hate. The people who do wrong because they are human, broken, and flawed, and all of that. So what's accountability? I come to you with no answers or solutions, but I bring thoughts and things to consider when we talk about accountability. One thing I love about the direction that the culture is going in is it has an unwillingness to accept certain behaviors that we've been taught and conditioned to brush under the table or to not say anything about. What I have questioned is what happens after harm is done. Is there ever a path for reintegration into the community? Or should this person be banished forever? I recognize how big and complicated of a question that is. And as I said earlier, I don't come today with answers. I come today only with questions, thoughts, and reflections. He saw his friend's name written boldly in red letters. His friend's name was on the list. 
on the list that no one would ever want to be on, the list where reality and secrets collide. His friend's name was right there, under many other familiar names. Nah, this this must be some sort of misunderstanding or mistake because I, I, I know my friend and he would never... No, this isn't possible. She's probably lying. I mean, that that's a real possibility because I know my friend and he would never, he, he wouldn't do such a thing. He would never rape anyone. I mean, yeah, he's maybe catcalled a few women, but I mean, who doesn't do that? I mean, of course, he's maybe smacked a girl's butt a few times and maybe he should have asked, but you know, that's normal. I mean, yeah, he constantly refers to women as bitches, but I mean, you know, it's just in songs and stuff like that. I mean, he's always trying to get our women friends overly drunk, but I mean, you know, he just wants everyone to have a good time, you know, to have fun, you know. But he would never do such a thing. He would never rape anyone. He saw his friend's name staring at him on a list, and he said nothing. He felt nothing, and ultimately, he did nothing just like he'd done throughout that entire friendship. How often are we just like that friend? We notice things and we see things, but we don't act. I think a huge mistake that men make, and it's a mistake that I've made in the past and still probably make today, we ignore red flags in our friendships and relationships with other men. And because we ignore them, a lot of things go unchecked, yet then we act surprised when it turns out that this quote-unquote friend or this quote-unquote acquaintance assaults someone or creates some kind of harm. Because the red flags should have shown us that they were on the path from the beginning. These red flags show us what a person believes and the actions they would do based on that belief. Men are socialized to be dominant. The teaching of dominance then became how to have power and control. Sometimes it can be easy for us to minimize power and control by seeing it as strictly a physical thing. We think, well, as long as I'm not physically forcing my partner to do something, then I'm not necessarily asserting power and control. I also want to name that so many men, more than we think, I'm often surprised by the amount of men that I've met that have described to me what sounds like very sexual, emotional, and physical abusive relationships, but they have masked them as being just the way things are. Reminder, just because a person may not be physically forcing you to do something, that does not mean that they are not asserting power and control over you. Ask yourself, what is your relationship to power and to control? I never saw him hit her, but he did tell her that he didn't want his woman working a job even though she really wanted to for her. It wasn't about the work, but it was about the vocation. It wasn't about the money as much as it was about the calling, but it didn't matter because he would always say, if my name is on the lease, then it's my rules. And if you need something, you ask me. I never really saw him hit her though. But he did make it very clear that he was the man of the house, meaning that his say was the final say, and that he did not need to include her in his reasoning or rationale, for it was up to him to decide what the role of a woman and what the role of a man is. 
and she definitely had no part in assigning those roles but again i never really saw him hit her or anything like that really i mean but you know he did have a tendency to break things when he would get mad one time she said something that he didn't like and his eyes rapidly changed into red his heart rate quickened and his breath became loud mimicking the sound of wind gliding through the windows causing them to move and shake she cried begging him to calm down babe please relax it's okay it's okay he punched a hole in the wall broke a glass and told her that he did it because of her I mean, yes, I knew that he would break things when he got mad, and that's true, but I never saw him hit her, and I, I don't think he would do anything like that. I'm tired of saying this. I never saw him hit her. But one time, he did tell me that she got pretty pissed at him once. They were, you know, having sex, and they were already into it, and she told him to stop. He didn't listen. He kept going, he kept saying he was almost done and for her to just wait a second. I mean, they were already in the middle of it and like I said, I mean, I never saw him hit her and I I don't really think he would do anything like that. At least I hope not. I wrote that fictional story to highlight some of the power and control wheel. The wheel serves as a diagram of tactics that an abusive partner uses to keep their victims in a relationship. The inside of the wheel is made up of subtle, continual behaviors over time, while the outer ring represents physical and sexual violence. The wheel consists of eight categories. One, using coercion and threats. Threatening to leave someone, saying they will harm themselves if you leave. Making someone drop charges. Two, using intimidation. Making them afraid by looks or gestures. Breaking things. Three, using emotional abuse. Putting their partner down, calling them names, making them feel guilty. Four, using isolation. Controlling what they do, who they talk to, who they hang out with, who they don't talk to they don't keep in touch with. Five, minimizing, denying, and blaming others. Making light of the abuse, making light of the abuse, denying, and saying that they are the ones that caused it. Six, using children, making them feel guilty, threatening to take children away, using children to relay harmful messages. Seven, using male privilege, treating partner like a servant, making all the big decisions, being the one to define what the role of a man and woman is. Eight, using economic abuse, preventing your partner from getting a job, giving, giving them an allowance, not letting them know or have access to shared income. What is the most powerful thing that men can do? Heal, seek help, and acknowledge your traumas, hurt, and pain. I have trauma. I coped with this by forgetting, 
wiping away my memory little by little, abandoning the memories of my brain, replacing the memories with skepticism, questioning, was my memory true? Or was it a lie? Was it real? Or was it simply a dream? I did this so much and for so long that my attempt to erase my memory was almost successful. Until it wasn't. Gave a sermon at my church recently called Hide or Heal. In that sermon, I talked about how good hiding sounds over healing for if we hide, we can safeguard our image. If we hide, we can avoid embarrassment or maybe even accountability for some folks. If we hide, we don't have to be the one people are talking about or the one people are shaming. And although hiding sounds good, it only multiplies your burden, it only multiplies your anxiety, multiplies your depression, multiplies your guilt, multiplies your hurt, for hiding doesn't comfort you. It only traps you. In the book, The Gift of Imperfections by Dr. Brene Brown, she talks about how the three things that shame needs to grow is silence, secrecy, and judgment. By staying silent, by keeping secrets and experiencing judgment, whether from ourselves or others, it grows our shame and pushes us further into hiding. In the beginning, I read something I wrote, and it was about how I often believe, or maybe honestly, I just hope to believe this, is that cold hearts weren't birthed out of cold winds and cold air, for they were wounded, they were scarred, abandoned, and hurt. That's why I really believe that the world needs men who are willing to go through their journey of healing because that hurt that you carry spills out on your relationships and friendships in every single area of your life. Your unhealed hurt causes others harm. What the world needs is men who will interrupt silence, who will intervene proactively, who will have tough conversations with their friends, who will call out behaviors that are unacceptable, who will speak up. For those of you listening who have some stuff you haven't talked about or haven't healed from, maybe something you're ashamed of, here's what I want you to know. I'm sorry for what happened to you. I'm sorry for the pain and hurt that it's caused you, and I grieve for you. I grieve for whatever you feel like it may have destroyed or for the path that it may have brought you to. You did not deserve to experience that. But you do deserve to experiencing healing. You deserve to live a life of connectedness and openness. You deserve to have a healthy relationship with your spouse, your friends, partner, or children. You deserve to move forward. You deserve to be at peace. You deserve to be free. <laughs>